morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You are with Lyle and Rick. 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 How are you this morning? Good. I think I am. Okay. I think I think I am too. I think I am. I, th- I think I think I'm actually here. Ah, uh, I'm not supposed to be here. No, you're not. But I am here. But you're filling in. <laughs> Lawson was supposed to be on this morning. I'm still on annual leave. Uh, well, kind of on annual leave because um, hey, I'm here on radio. But I'm uh, here with you guys. We love you guys. Um, you guys are amazing. Our listening audience, and so we. I'm, I'm just thankful. Glad to be here. What are you thankful for this morning? Rick? Oh, look, I was thinking about that in the car, and. Um Hope. I'm thankful for hope. Um, tragedy over the weekend with the loss of a, a young man I taught at college, mm. and uh, leave, I did hear le- leaving a mum and five children between five and eighteen. Uh, but there's a hope in there that I know this person had, and there's a hope that when everything gets filtered down to the base, yes, there's got to be hope. And I believe there's biblical hope because of Jesus. And and I'm just looking forward to the day, and I know his family will be when. They'll be reunited. So, folks, uh, what we do here is all about hope, hope in Christ. Absolutely, it was very sobering to uh, to see that pop up on social media, and uh, it must be it must be really impacting when you lose one of your students. I mean, that's really the wrong way around, isn't it? Well, it, well, we should be losing your, teachers, your, not students. Your your son uh, Harley was in, was in that was, was a classmate was a classmate of yes. that, and um, I noted Harley's comment uh, on the media, and and I just I just sat for a while, Jen and I just sat for a while and prayed and thought. This is life, but there's there's got to be more than this, and um, yeah. So it was tragic. And, and it seems like it was just a, an unexpected medical yeah, situation, yeah, just yeah, sort of popped yeah. up out of nowhere. And it, it, yeah. I guess it illustrates that um, you know life is incredibly fragile. Yep. And we need Jesus. We need Him now. Absolutely. Um, and we need to have a relationship with Jesus every day. We don't yep. know when our last day will come. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We probably should talk about some uh, talk about our quiz this morning. Uh, well, I think we're doing the pentathlon quiz. Pentathlon quiz is okay. ready to go. Right, are are go. we ready for the first yeah, one? Let's go for it. For hundred points, folks. Where was the persecutor Saul going when he was stopped on the road and converted by the voice of Jesus? Okay, if you know the answer, the number to call is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. So that question again? Yeah. Where for a hundred points? Where was the persecutor Saul going when he was stopped on the road and converted by the voice of Jesus? Mm-hmm. There you go. So I'm going to be talking about persecution here in just a little while, uh, uh, next segment. But yep. um, all right, if you know the answer, then uh, call or text your answer through. You can do it for uh, either bragging rights or for <laughs> the twenty, or for the not for the. the for, I was going to say the twenty minute movement. No, that's the Bible study. You can do it for the. Uh, for the prize. Prize, yeah. Yes. All right, Rick, let's talk about some positively different news this morning. What is happening in positively different well, news? Well, I'm always interested in big corporations, you know, with ecology, the environment, the world issues we have, CO2, all of that sort of thing. I, I'm interested. Have you ever heard of the group called I-N-G-K-A, Inga, Inca? I think so. It's uh, IKEA Furniture. Actually. Okay. Yes. Uh, they've just bought three thousand two hundred acres in Florida that was destroyed by the hurricane, mm-hmm. so that uh, commercial interests couldn't buy it and build on it. They've bought it to reforest. Nice. Uh, part of the giant's commitment to carbon neutrality. Now, the, what they're hoping to do is actually create 
their own carbon emissions create neutrality for their own company. Yes. Which is I think is really powerful. They have accumulated more there more than six hundred thousand forested acres in US, Europe and New Zealand to offset the, their chain of CO two. Um to folks get an idea of that, that is the size of the island of Mauritius. That's that's <laughs> that is phenomenal. Yeah. That's the, that's so they've bought basically a country. They've bought the equivalent of a yeah, country. The equivalent of a country. So you know, I, I and turned it into forest. I haven't yet. Um, they said the new forest. This is a quote: the new forest will support increased biodiversity, help ensure a sustainable timber production. Okay. From responsibly managed forests and recover land damaged by hurricanes. It's, so it's a, a So they re- are going to log it then, but not clear fell it. But do it respon yes, yeah, do it responsibly. Logging. Yeah. Which yeah. I you know, I it's always with interest in these things. You've got to read the fine print between the lines and long longitude you know, what's happening in two years, they've said it now. But it seems that they've been doing this for a few years and they're very Yeah, yeah so it's, it, that's just good. And sustainable logging, you know, I've seen that uh taking place, you know, in the United States and places like that. I think in Australia we just still clear fell, but, you know, they go through and they mark those trees that they're going to take out. And they only take out, you know, the marked trees. They yeah. leave a lot of other trees there. Um, and, you know, you're obviously able to get a much um, long term, you get a lot more production from that land by doing so. Yes. In the yes. short term, you don't get as much income. And, of course, here in Australia, we typically look at it from a short-term perspective and it's just like clear fell the place, it's the most economical way of dealing with it and uh, and then wait for it to regrow. Yeah. But it's it's only a short-term, quick fix, quick money in the back pocket and move on kind of a, a yeah. view. But when you do a sustainable logging, and this is the other, the other thing I love about um, the timber industry is that it is a renewable resource. It is. It is. My dad was in the timber mills in the Warhope area way back in the early years when they had about 40 or 50 private local-like family-run mills. Now there's only the one big mill at Herons Creek, I think. But but isn't it sad? It's sad in a way that we are reactive rather than uh, proactive. Yes. We, 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 sort of, we, we sort of do the damage and say, how can we fix this up, rather than say, let's not do the damage. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> and the tremendous – the thing that frustrates me in Australia with, with timber, because you know I'm a cabinet maker by trade. I yeah. love timber. Yeah. I love yeah. working with timber. It's amazing stuff. Um, but the thing that frustrates me so much is the level of wastage. Wastage, yeah. The wastage. I mean, you know, they put a road through, and what do they do? They just chip it all. Chip it, yeah. They just chip it. You'd never do that in the States. I mean, this is hardwood that they're chipping. Yeah. You would never do that in the US. You would have loved to have visited one of our houses when we lived in Warhope because Dad used to have, because he worked in the mill, he used to have red and white cedars uh, slabs under 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 the house. You know, oh, wow. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what, they... what that would be worth today. That's <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, that kind of stuff is off the charts these days. But but there's whole generations that don't see any of that timber. Yes. We, we grew up handling that sort of stuff. That's and, right. And, and I'm thinking, uh, it just reminds me of when God says, listen, be stewards of what I've given you. Yes. Don't rob and rape and pillage my, my the goodness I've given you. And I, I, I we're slow to learn some of those things. We are. We are. I, I remember, uh, you know, um, I'm from Tasmania and working oh. on houses in Tasmania. Older homes in Tasmania, you've got to take a window out, and the window frame's made out of human pine. Oh, you're just amazing. <laughs> yeah, that stuff is worth just... You know, I think I think on a on a uh, on a cubic centimetre, it's worth more than gold these days. Well, we visited down there. Is it Straw? No, Queen. Where was it? Where the, Straw in Queenstown, the, the, the somewhere over there. And we went into one of the, uh, the the mills there and saw a giant slab, just a one cut. Yep. 
And then I saw the price on it and I went, Jen, Jen, we, <laughs> we, we might go, not be taking that we one. We might back. go to IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> and then, if you want to ship it to the mate, yeah, ship it. Yeah, yep. But unbelievable timber. People were just the people in there. And I should state that yeah. the timber that you're seeing down there is not timber that has been logged. This is timber that has been found. Yes. You know, you're not allowed to log human no. pine anymore. But if you can get a permit, you can take, take logs that are on the ground. It's amazing. Yeah. And to go through the railway, you know. Anyway, that's another story. Oh, it is. It is fantastic. Well, good on IKEA though for um, yeah. sustainable renewable resources. I hope that they continue. that uh, that create a carbon neutral environment. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. I I I, I love um, I love stories that involve um, timber and working with wood. And I guess IKEA, you know, this is their thing, isn't it? They 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 produce wood. Into, yeah. They produce wood stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's. So I think we should revisit this in a year or two and just see if they're uh, still. Yeah, see if see if see if this is just spin, not a sp- yeah, or whether they are actually producing, you know, a carbon neutral environment, yeah. and whether it's actually really working out, you yeah. know. Uh, but you know, we're watching. That's right. <laughs> they've, they've they've bought an area the size of Mauritius that's like owning your own country. It, it is. Um, it's, 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 it's fantastic. It is indeed. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Here on The Breakfast Show, we're about to head into more serious news, but here on The Breakfast Show, we do the quiz. So, pentathlon quiz, next clue coming up right now. 200 points, yeah. To what relative, according to Proverbs, does a man who loves wisdom bring joy? Okay, what relative, according to Proverbs, does a man who loves wisdom bring joy? Loves wisdom bring joy for two hundred points. But that's actually that's, oh, that's actually a, a more than a two hundred pointer right there. I I don't know the answer a, to that not one. Not an easy one. I mean, I could take a guess, uh, and uh, I reckon it would be a pretty good guess. A hint. I'm um, um, no, nah, we don't need hints. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number yeah. to call or text if you know the answer. If you want to have a crack at it, uh, join our team here on the breakfast show of people who play the quiz. All right, coming through on the text message, IKEA, good idea, still in reality, business venture with responsibility with responsibility as it should be. And that's, you know, that's what we like to see. We like yeah. to see big businesses, uh, multinational businesses, taking some responsibility around our world right now. Yes, indeed. Okay, talking about some more serious news. So this is an interesting one. Um, of course, the Beijing Winter Olympics is coming up. What is it, a month away or something or other? I, I see there's 12 Aussie uh, snowboarders going. Yep, yep. And so this raises a whole bunch of questions in my mind because back in the past – um, you and I can remember when uh, you know our sporting teams boycotted oh. playing in South Africa. Yes. Oh, yes. And the reason that we did so was because of apartheid. apartheid. Now, China is infinitely worse than South Africa ever was when it comes to human rights abuses. The question is, why is it different? Why do we do nothing about China but we were happy to boycott Africa. 
And uh, to me, the big question right there is that, you know, the almighty dollar is just a very, very powerful argument. And because the almighty dollar reigns and rules and it rules our back pocket and it rules our hearts and our minds, we turn a blind eye. You know, we, we will, we will, you know, stand up for, you know, for justice and for human rights and all these kind of things and make ourselves feel good and get a nice warm fuzzy feeling like, oh, yeah, we're, we're totally against apartheid. You know, we'll, we'll fight against that when it's Africa and it doesn't matter and it's not going to affect our back pocket and it's not going to affect our economy and it's not going to affect our jobs or anything like that. And we're giving ourselves a pat on the back because, like, yeah, we're good people. Yeah, it's a challenge, isn't it? But then when it's going to affect our pocket... It's like, oh, no, we'll just stay completely silent. So here's a couple of things to think about. Um, Open Doors, um, which is uh, International uh, Persecution Watchdog, has actually called for a boycott of the Beijing uh, Winter Olympics. And they're talking about there's now up to 3 million Uyghurs who are in concentration camps in China. China. You know, you compare that to apartheid in South Africa, make South Africa look like a walk in the park. It really does. Three million. I mean, that's, you know, we've only got 25 million people here in Australia, in our whole country. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's, that's eighth, a whole country. An eighth, that, an eighth. An eighth of Australia that has been thrown into concentration camps because of their faith, because of their religion. Uh, so are we only concerned about human rights for some people, for some groups of people? Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, when you think about, you know, the current vaccination, global vaccination process, um, we're a pretty well divided globe, aren't we, uh, to the haves and the have-nots, essentially? We are. Uh, countries that uh, that we used to call third world that can't get access uh, nearly as much, and the dollar, the, dollar, the dollar plays a big part in that, doesn't it? It does, it does. And, uh, of course... You know, you've got three up to three now up to three million Uyghurs that are in um, in concentration camps, and it's interesting because um, China is number seventeen on the list of the most dangerous countries in the world to be a person of faith. Uh, the reason it's number seventeen on the list because you'd say, well, that's a fair way down the list. You don't really ever want to be on the list in the first place, is because. Um, according to Open Doors, they don't have evidence that they're lining people up and shooting them at this particular point. They're just throwing them into concentration camps. But they are actively, the Chinese Communist Party, actively uh, trying to exterminate the practice of persecution, uh, of, of, sorry, pra- exterminate the practice of religion of all kinds within the country. Mm. So the, see, these are some of the things that you can, that you're required to do. If you want to be a religious person in, uh, or a Christian person, for example, in China, you can only read or purchase Bibles that have been edited by the Chinese Communist Party. Wow. Um, you can only have pastors in your churches that are appointed by the Chinese Communist Party and only in churches that are allowed by the Chinese Communist Party. And, of course, they control everything that is said, everything that is read, everything the Bible says. They edit that so that it is all pro-Chinese Communist Party. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs has uh, has come forward and they've said, you know, the Beijing Olympics is going to be a daily reminder on our media to pray for China every day and to pray for people yeah. of faith in China and pray for religious liberty in China. And so, yeah, we're going to be seeing that come across our TVs. We're going to see it coming in through our social media. We're going to see it coming all over the place. And these are going to be reminders 
to pray for the situation in uh, China. China, of course, has come out and warned against any athlete making any form of protest or statement whatsoever at all while they're in China. Interesting. Um, and they said that any speech or actions that are seen as being against the Chinese Communist Party will be will be subject to punishment, and when asked what kind of punishment, they replied, certain punishments. Certain punishments. Certain punishments. Um, you know, and so you you, you wonder what those certain punishments are. We'll just look at what's happening amongst the uh, the Uyghur population. Yep. You know, you've got, um, they've been interned, forced labour, forced sterilisation. Uh, the Trump administration labelled it as genocide and crimes against humanity. And that remains the position in the United States. Um, and oh, by the way, the Chinese, um, the, the, the China, China has stated that these protests include anything that is shared on social media by the athletes, um, anything that is said in an interview. Uh, and so, yeah, you kind of wonder what might happen. Well, here's what happened to Paul Shuai, who uh, was a tennis player in China. She accused. That's a she accused the vice premier Zhang Gaoli of sexual assault. Mm. That's six six weeks ago. Yeah. Hasn't been seen since. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's was, what happens. Lyle, I was just checking some figures. Yes, the budget for the uh, Winter Olympics, Beijing Winter Olympics, is four billion. Right. The uh, the games, Beijing says it wants to make out of that and growing out of that a seven hundred and seventy three billion dollar industry for China by 2025. So we're now 2022, so $4 billion in terms of rev- it costs. Mm-hmm. They're wanting to grow that to an industry worth, they're estimating, $775 billion within the next four years. So so when you mentioned, um, is, there the dollar, is, there, is, dollar? is there a dollar amount in? That's huge. That's massive. Wow. Here's what's interesting about the laws in China and the danger that athletes face if they make any kind of statement whatsoever at all is that the laws are exceptionally vague and China has a conviction rate of 99%. So if you're arrested, 99% chance yeah, yeah. you're done. You're done. Yeah. So basically an arrest is a, is a conviction, conviction in China. Yeah. Um, yeah, does that create a dilemma in our minds, a conflict of interest? In it does. It does. In my mind, it does. It's like, well, we, we, we have, you know, we've taken a noble path in the past and, and, and we have congratulated ourselves on, you know, we did something. We, we brought about change in, in South Africa where it doesn't matter. You know, and this is, and this is the issue. And this is one of the challenges that we face, you know, with African countries is that, you know, these are developing countries, these are dirt poor countries, but we look at Africa as a continent that doesn't matter. It's a challenge. It is. It is. Uh, while we're talking about persecution, just very quickly, um, Afghanistan has now reached the top of the list of the most dangerous places in the world to be a Christian. It's topped out above North Korea. Not that North Korea has improved any, but Afghanistan mm. has become infinitely worse. Um, so North Korea is second, Somalia is third, Libya is fourth, Yemen is fifth, Iran is on ninth, Iraq on 14th, China on number 17. Um, and so much for the Taliban's promises that Taliban 2.0 would be something yep. better. It is certainly not. There are now two million girls, over two million girls in Afghanistan that are out of school. Yeah, 
Um, so terrible things. There are things taking place in our world right now that we need to be praying about, and the Chinese Beijing Winter Olympics are going to be a continual reminder to pray for religious liberty around our world. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Here on The Breakfast Show, and Rick, I understand we have another... Do we? Uh, the, the 200 question was pretty interesting. It was. Um, I don't know if anyone's got it. Oh, we've got three people that got it. Well oh, done. Congratulations. Okay, it's got to be harder. Just going to have to be harder. Here's for 300 points. What ravenous animal, can you spell that, ravenous? What ravenous animal would feed peacefully with the lamb while the lion eats straw according to Isaiah's prophecy? That is an interesting farmyard sort of picture, isn't it? It's a very interesting farmyard picture. I think farmyards in the new earth are going to be quite different Different from farmyards down here right now. (laughs) What ravenous animal would feed peacefully with the lamb while a lion eats straw, according to Isaiah's prophecy, for 300 points? All right, number to call is 0491-064-669. If you know the answer, well, we have a new... um, Last year we had a regular um, health interview with Dr. Paul Wood. This year we have an organisation called... Amen or A M E N, um, that is you know a, a collection of medical professionals from around Australia, and uh, they're going to be taking a monthly slot talking about health. And right. so joining us on the phone this morning is Dr. Justin Jackson. Um, he's a Christian. He's a doctor, uh, doctor of internal medicine and infectious disease specialist. Yep. So yeah, somebody knows what they're talking about. Um, he's also board certified in lifestyle medicine, um, so strong advocate for preventative health. Uh, Dr. Justin Jackson, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. Now, I just got to—I'm just—you know—this is the first time we've had you on the show, so let's sort of get a bit of background. Um, what makes you so interested in health? I mean, you've gone into medicine, obviously. This is something that um, clearly you're passionate about. What makes you so interested in health? Well, thanks for the question. I think firstly, it's just such a joy to be able to be part of the healing process that God's built into our bodies, not only to help people when they're sick, but also to prevent them from becoming sick in the first place. And I think, you know, we have a loving God who cares about every aspect of our lives, not just our spiritual health, but physical, mental, just every part. And I love that text in the Bible that says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's interesting because we don't often look at the Bible as being a book that, you know, reveals health secrets. Uh but when you actually start to dig into it, there's a remarkable amount of health information in the Bible, isn't there? Oh, that is so true. And as I look at the intricacies of design within our bodies at every level, you know, from the organs to the immune system to the cells and the complexity within that to our minds, I just see incredible design. And it tells me that we've been created by a being infinitely more intelligent than us. And that being is revealed in the Bible as a God of love who knows every aspect of us. And if he made us, he knows how we should look after our bodies too. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that really makes sense. I mean, you buy a car, it comes with an instruction manual, this is how you look after the car, um, from the manufacturer because the manufacturer built it, he knows how it uh, it works, and so if God created us, then uh, he's going to know how we work. And, you know, there's one of the things that fascinates me is there's so much about the human body that is still a mystery. I mean, the mind, the brain, um, so many things that, that we don't know, you know, even when we do know so much, but um, we certainly have a God who knows what will be best for our health. Oh, look, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think one of the things that people don't realize is how much health information is in the Bible. And probably for me, one of one of those secret passages is really those first few chapters in Genesis. And there, if you look at them closely, you discover health principles that really speak to us today when there's so much information out there about what we should do or what we shouldn't. And, you know, I think for people it's very confusing about what's, what's true and what's not. But for the Christian, I think the creation week is a goldmine of health secrets. Yeah, I think you really um, tapped into something um, super interesting there when you said, you know, health can be confusing. And uh, I've seen this where, you know, hey, this diet comes along and everyone's like, oh, you know, do paleo diet. Or then the next diet comes along, oh, do that particular diet, whatever it might be. And you have all these different fads that come along. And uh, I've often had people just sort of shrug their shoulders and like, oh, well, you know, who knows? Everybody says something different. They all contradict each other. Um, and I've never had that struggle as a Christian because I can go back to the Bible as a basis and say, like, well, okay, let's just see, does this agree with the Bible or not? But just, just, just coming back to something you said there a moment ago where you talked about the first few chapters of Genesis, like the very beginning of the Bible, the creation yeah. week. I, I, I don't usually see that as being a place where I would start to see God's principles of health coming through. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, look, this is something that, that I've really been incredibly fascinated by. And, and you're right, most people wouldn't turn to those first few chapters as a guide to health. But um, I actually think that the Creation Week is the foundation for the whole Bible, and it's the foundation for health as well. You mentioned that I'm an infectious diseases specialist. Um, it's one of the areas that I focus on. And so I thought this morning we might just take an opportunity to talk about something that's pretty topical at the moment, and that's respiratory infection. And, um, you know, we, we could have picked anything. We could have picked diabetes or obesity or strokes or, you know, any illness. And these same health nuggets buried in the creation week would speak to us just as strongly. Um, but yeah, let's focus on respiratory infections. Absolutely. Morning. I mean, hey, we're all living in that, uh, in, the, in that time right now where we get the slightest little cough and it's like, ooh, was that a cough? Did I just cough? <laughs> Did I just sneeze? <laughs> um, okay, let's jump in. Um, where, where, where do we start when we're talking about respiratory infections and the first few ca- chapters of Genesis? Well, where I want to take us first, perhaps, then is, um, you know, we've heard a lot about transmission. I know people that have been so paranoid about, you know, in the early days, packages arriving from America and we have to quarantine them for a week and not touch them and, and so on. But um, more and more, I think people have realized that it's actually the, the air that we breathe when it comes to respiratory infections. And I think we don't, you know, because we can't see it, air is something that we often just take granted. But if we look at the creation week, God devoted an entire day of, of creation just to air, to making that 
firmament that that, that we breathe, that we move in, etc. Yeah, that's um, I've never actually stopped to think about that. You know, you would sort of think God just sort of said, "Let there be air," and there was air, and that would be easy. But when it comes to animals, He's got a whole list of stuff to go through. But He devotes just as much time to creating air as He mm. does all the different kinds of animals. That's really remarkable. I've, I have never actually um, stopped to stop to uh, to think about that. So, so why is it then that? Air is so important, particularly when it comes to, and, and you know, I mean, when you think about it, sorry if I'm getting sidetracked here, but, you know, you can live for, what, a, a month without food, a few days without water, um, but yeah. it's only minutes without air. But why is why is air so important when it comes to viruses and bacteria and, uh, you know, things that we see happening in our world right now? Yeah, no, that, that, that's true i mean we we take it for granted until we don't have it don't we you know it's not till we're drowning or, or gasping for air that, that we realize how important it is but um when it comes to viruses and bacteria really it was in the in the 1800s that people first began to realize that um well they had no idea that bacteria caused disease until robert Koch in the 1880s and um he was one of the first to demonstrate that it was the air that we breathe that actually transmits um, the, the infection. We, we take this for granted today, but back in the 1880s, which isn't that long ago, this, this was a new concept. Now, does that apply to you know, all viruses and bacteria? Do all of them, are all of them transmitted by air or, just, um, or, do, or do some of them you actually have to touch them, put them in the mouth or something like that? Yeah, no, exactly. So we, we divide transmission in, into different categories. Um, and, you know, we might take foodborne infections, for example, but respiratory infections that we're looking at this morning, the majority of those, yes, are, are transmitted through the air that we breathe. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I think that, that that's why air is so crucial. And people didn't realize until the 1960s in the Cold War that um, the air contains a special factor. They termed it the open air factor that actually kills viruses and it kills bacteria. Um, and so when you contain air, for instance, in a closed room, this open air factor just vanishes. Um, but once you open the, the windows again, then the fresh air um, carries this factor back in. That, okay, so what you're basically saying is then that we've got different kinds of air. You've got fresh air, whereas you've got closed air. Stale. Stale air, yes. And this is just sort of raising a whole bunch of question marks in my mind, just listening to you, and, and I hope this doesn't take us too far off topic, but I'm just sort of thinking, you know, some of our um, quarantines, like, for instance, my wife did quarantine in a hotel and she was like 20 stories <laughs> up and it was canned air the entire time. That seems to be less ideal air than if uh, she quarantined, say, in a cabin in the bush. Yeah, no, I think so. And we've seen that we've run into troubles in hotel quarantines, haven't we? <laughs> we certainly um, have. When, when you think about the locations in which we've seen COVID um, transmission and outbreaks occur, it's often those locations where the air is stale, you know, it's, it's like it's been canned or... or, or you know, bottled up. And so you think about the abattoirs and the high-rise buildings and the um, cruise ships, you know, even uh, some of our hospitals. These, these are places where the ventilation hasn't been, hasn't been great. 
Okay, so um, let's talk about um, OAF. There's a note here that you've sent me about OAF, and it's not a single molecule. What's what's this all about? Yeah, well, this is um, you know coming back to God actually designing air um, and us taking it for granted. So there are all these factors within the air that that are, that are the things that neutralise the viruses and infections. So it's when the ozone reacts with with the compounds um, within the viruses that that it kills them. And so that's why it's the number of air exchanges that you have within a room that that's so important. So you know if you're outdoors, your chance of being infected with COVID for instance, is so much lower than if you're in a, in a closed room where the air is, you know, it's lost this open air factor. Yeah, well, hopefully we're past lockdowns, but if we were go, to go back into lockdowns again, um, it sounds like uh, getting people out of their buildings and uh, walking up and down um, is probably the ideal, the ideal uh, sort of environment and, and place for people to be, you know, and, and kind of activity for people to be doing, be walking around outside. Um, you know, I can remember back... When uh, people were getting in trouble for being on the beach, it seems like being on the beach would be just a great place for really high-quality air. Yeah, well, look, if you look at um, the Garden of Eden and this whole creation week, um, that would be the ideal environment, obviously. And I think, you know, as as we explore this topic of of the creation week um, teaching its health secrets, we discover that disease actually can't exist there because every aspect of creation um, builds out disease, so to speak. That's remarkable. Now, I, okay, so, all right, um, I think a lot of us have sort of, you know, we, we look at what's happening, you know, around Australia right now and it's, and it's and it's a lot of us in our minds have sort of gone past the point of if I get COVID to when I get COVID, um, but even if we mm. don't get COVID, you know, we all know that every now and then we're going to catch a respiratory uh, disease of uh, some point. Once we've caught the disease, you know, and we're in the mm. grips of it, mm. is the mm. you know is the quality of the air still important once we are there? Once we've got it, yeah, yeah. Well, again, that's that's a great question, and. Um, I think the quality of the air is important and also the quality of the way in which we breathe. And so this has really come to light, you know, um, in the scientific papers, but also in my personal experience. I've, you know, had people come in with low oxygen levels where we've needed to put them on oxygen. And you see there when you um, rotate them from just lying on their back to rolling them over, lying on their stomach, it opens the little alveoli, the air sacs, um, at the back of their lungs as well as the front, and you know the air can get down and the oxygen levels, and you know you, you just see them physically pick up um, in front of your eyes by changing the way in which people breathe. So absolutely, that's remarkable. Just by changing their posture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm just sort no, of sitting exactly. here in the studio right now and looking, thinking about my posture and thinking, I, I need to sit up a little bit straighter right now. I can... <laughs> well, let's, let's encourage our listeners to sit up or stand up and take oh. 10 deep breaths and feel that air go right down into the bases of their lungs. Okay, but, I'm at, but I am sitting in a small studio um, mm. and, and with Rick. Rick's, Rick's here with me. Um, so the two of us sitting here in this small studio, should we be should we be breathing deep right now or should we be trying to avoid each other's breath right now? 
<laughs> well, hopefully. I don't know if your studio has, has some windows, uh, Lyle, but if it does, I'd, I'd recommend opening the windows or the doors. Um, I know I, I do an exercise class once a week, um, and, yeah, I've in, encouraged them to open the doors even in the middle of winter and feel that fresh air come in. People are a bit worried about cold air, but fresh air is, 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 is so essential. Dr. Justin Jackson, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM this morning. I feel we've only just scratched the surface of this subject. I've never thought about the mm. fact that God took an entire day just to create air and how important it is, and you have uh, really highlighted for that. Um, I'm hoping that we can get you back next month. We'll do a part two on this one. Uh, but oh, right now, absolutely, yeah, we've, we've just got one, one, one day that we've covered, so we've got a few days. <laughs> yeah, we certainly do. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.